to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. those seasoned Christians that have walked with the Lord for many years and you just see, you know, some, you know, some of them, there's almost like a permanent joy on their face and I, and I love that. It's like, man, you know, it's like, you know, I, I want to see, you know, you know, see them sometime when, you know, when they're, when they're not around people to see if their face looks the same because there's just so much joy on their face and it's the Lord. There's people in this congregation that I know they're going through difficult times. And, and you know, just you watch their countenance. You're like, they have such joy on their face. You're like, man, that's the Lord. Because they're looking to the Lord. And as we, even through our difficult times, as we look to the Lord, we can be radiant no matter what we go through. And it's, I believe it's such a powerful witness when that happens. And I'm sure, you know, you've had times when the people that are in the world or people that don't know Jesus, they'll even ask you, you know, why are you so happy? Or what's, you know, why, why are you so, you know, happy all the time? And why is your face shining? And why is it, why? And then you say, well, it's Jesus. And then common, you know, commonly or most of the time they'll say, no, 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 what? No, I want to know why are you so happy? No, it's Jesus. And they say, no, 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 why? You know, why are you so, you know, you're happy all the time? Well, it's, it's Jesus. He's changed me. He's in my life. He's in control. And I believe it's possible that David is looking at these men that are being changed, those 400 men that gathered around him. And as David was just leading him in the things of the Lord and in, you know, telling them the great things of how God has delivered him, I believe that those men were changed because they were following a godly man and following the Lord Jesus and they were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. He saved them out of, and there's the, again, all, saved him out of all his troubles. <coughs> as he's speaking about what took place in Gath. Verse 7. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him, fears him, excuse me, fear him, and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Don't you love these verses? I just love, I could, you know, I was reading through this and studying and just like, I could just read this over and over and over and over and over again. It's just so good. Remember the first time reading those verses? I mean, it's so rich. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. I mean, that, that is so rich. We, we reverence the Lord. We fear the Lord. And the angel of the Lord is hanging out with us. I believe this, the angel of the Lord here is speaking of, you know, Jesus Christ, the incarnate, you know, the pre-incarnate Christ, the before he came to the earth, that's, you know, that he, he encamps around those. During the, uh, the Old Testament time, he, he, he encamped around those who feared the Lord. What a blessing. Jesus said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Behold, I'm with you always, even to the ends of the age. When we fear the Lord, he's always around. He's, he's with us. As Christians, he's always there. And then, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, taste and see. Do you remember reading that for the first time? I do. Just, oh, taste and see the Lord is... You know, it gives you such a visual, doesn't it? You know, if I, if I had a, a hot fudge brownie Sunday up here on the pulpit, 
As I was putting this together, my eyes started salivating just thinking about it. You know, but if I had a, you know, think of it, a hot fudge brownie sundae sitting up here. And I, and I could tell you, you know, all about it, how good it is. You know, there's vanilla ice cream, and the ice cream is just so rich. And the, the brownie is just so moist. And, the, and the, you know, on and on. And the whipped cream, it's made with real cream. And I could, I could go on. And, and you could, you know, probably envision what it's going to taste like. But until you put your spoon in there and you taste it, you're not going to know. Oh, taste and see. And the same thing with the Lord. You know, David's shouting out, saying, have you tasted of the Lord? Have you truly tasted of him? How good he is. Taste and see. The Lord is so good. And I remember before I knew the Lord, people would tell me about Jesus and just taste and see. You know, have you, you, know you need Jesus. And I'd say, I don't want Jesus. I want, you know, I want my life. And they'd say, no, 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 you need Jesus. And had people praying over me. I remember, you know, being in the corporate world, being, you know, went to this one lady's house. I remember way back when I was installing water meters. And she says, oh, you need Jesus Christ, this and that. And I says, okay, you know, and my, my sister tells me that too. Yeah, okay. And she said, no, no, you really need to, you know, taste and see. You're so good. And I said, and I remember she put her hand on me. She said, can I pray for you? I said, okay. And she's, okay. And then she's, you know, praying that I'd receive Jesus and all that, you know. But I still didn't taste it. She told me how good he was, but I, I, I had to taste for myself to see how good he is. And that day I did, and I opened up my heart, and I tasted for the very first time the Lord Jesus Christ. I could tell you I have not been the same since. And my question to every one of you here, have you tasted and have you seen that the Lord is so good? And maybe tonight you need to taste again how good he is because he is so good. Taste and see, the Lord is so good. It's almost if, you know, you know, like that hot fudge brownie sundae. It just, it's like we sit here and just look at it and say, oh, I know it's good. I know it's great. But, but are you eating of it? Are you really partaking of it? Are you taking him in, the goodness of him? Are you partaking of what is good today, tonight? Have you been? And have, there might be some here that maybe you've never truly tasted and you never really had a, a true, you know, relationship with him. And if you haven't today, tonight is the night to taste and see he's good. I don't know anyone that truly stepped into a real relationship with the, with the Lord and said, oh, no, this is terrible. I've seen some that had some heavy-duty trials after they accepted Christ. I've seen that before. But I've never had anyone, you know, taste of the Lord and have a relationship and say, oh, this is terrible. I don't like this. Then you're not tasting of the real thing because he is good. And David experienced the closeness of the Lord. And he's exhorting us, oh, taste, see you taste, you'll see how good he is. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. As we put our trust in him, there's such a blessing attached. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There's no want to those who fear him. The young lion lacks and suffers hunger, or suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. There's no want. That word can be translated, there's no lack there's no lack for those who fear him. It reminds me of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not lack. If you have him, there's, there's no lack. There's no, you know, there, everything we need is found in him. He takes care of us. Oh, fear the Lord, you as saints. There's no lack 
for those who fear him. The young lion lacks and suffers hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. I love that verse. The Lord used this verse when I first met my, my Kathleen. She wasn't my wife at the time, but when I was praying to, to ask the Lord, I was fasting and praying to see if she was my wife. And most of you know this story, but in that time when I wasn't sure, and I, the Lord gave me a piece of the puzzle, and I thought, oh, no, she's probably not my wife. I don't know if she's my wife at this point, at this time. And, and I just remember getting depressed. I was like, oh, Lord, can I at least be friends with her? I just I want to be her friend. And as I was starting to sink into depression, the Lord totally gave me this verse, those that seek me shall not lack any good thing. And that just like pulled me right out of the depression because it spoke to my heart and it told me when we seek the Lord, when we we truly put him first, we won't lack anything good. There's nothing good you're going to miss out on. And it brought such assurance because I'm thinking, wow, that's great, Lord. So you're you're telling me through your word, when I seek you first, I put you first, that I'm not going to lack anything? And he's like, you you will not lack. The young lion might lack. They might go hungry, but you're my child. And if you put me first, you seek me, you will not lack any good thing. Whatever's good for you, I'll make sure you have. And that verse has been one of my favorites ever since. And when, you know, difficult times come and things come my way, and I'm like, I'm just going to seek you, Lord. Wondering was this, if this is going to work out. How is that going to work out? And, uh, you know, how, how is all this going to work? And would, you know, sometimes I'll think into the future. And, oh, how is this going to work out, Lord? Well, back to this verse. Those that seek him shall not lack any good thing. Just seek him. And you won't lack anything good. Those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. That's a great verse for those that are single and waiting. Seek the Lord. You will not lack anything good. Guaranteed. Those of you that are, you know, going through, you know, difficult times, financial problems, you know, seek the Lord and you won't lack anything good. It doesn't mean stay in bed and don't get up. That's not what it means. Verse 11, come you children, listen to me and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Who is the man who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Come, you children, listen to me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Obviously, we know fears, respect, reverence, to, to reverence the Lord. David's wanting the children to fear the Lord. It's a good thing that we teach our children to reverence the Lord, to respect the Lord. But I wonder, you know, again, as I think of these men that followed David at this point, I wonder if it's talking, he's talking about them. He was their captain. And maybe, you know, these children, the Lord entrusted these men to to David. And maybe possibly, you know, he's saying, oh, come, you children, listen to me. I'll teach you to fear the Lord. I'll teach you that, you know, you don't have to fear your debts. You don't have to fear, you know, those things that you've been going through that's, that's made you so stressed and all this stuff. Just fear the Lord and you'll, you'll be taken care of. I'll teach you how. I'll teach you the, you know, I'll, I'll, you know by my experiences, I'll, you know, I'll help you the best I can to, that you'll, you'll know that you can trust the Lord if you just reverence him, respect him. But then keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. I think probably every one of us have failed in that area with the tongue. If you haven't, I'd like to see you after service, and I'd like to meet you if you've never failed with your tongue. It's so easy to fail with your, your tongue, isn't it? You, you say something, and it's like, it's so easy because you, you know, your mouth, you open it up, and sometimes things come out that you're like, oh, no. It's almost like you, as they're going out, you want to grab them and bring them back in. It's like, oh, no. 
The Bible has much to say about our words and what we say and what comes out of our mouth. We're to be slow to speak and quick to listen. We're to wait and think about what we say instead of just blurting things out. So guard over. Proverbs 21, 23 says, whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from trouble. Isn't that true? For you guard your mouth and your tongue, you, you're going to you know, save yourself a lot of trouble. I love you know, men and women that have walked with the Lord for many years, and you know, I watch them, and it's like you know, I, I'm, I'm trying my best to learn from the way they are. They're just slow to speak. You know? and I, it's like you know, the older I get, it's like I, 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 I find myself stopping before I speak. I'm like, no, I'm not going to say that. And it's so wise. It's like, you know, you, you, when you do that, when you just stop, and I watch these, you know, the, these godly men and women, and I watch them do that, I'm like, it's, that's so wise. And I'm like, thank you, Lord, for these examples, because, you know, it's so, it's so powerful when you just stop and think about it. You can always call the person later if you, you know, but if it's, you get to a point where you're like, you're, you're thinking in your heart, oh, I, I want to give this person a piece of my mind. If that's going through your head, I would say probably stop right there. Because you don't have too much to, to give up there, neither do I. You don't want to give too much away there. And that has been so helpful for me. Whenever that comes to my mind, when I'm thinking, oh, I, oh, I just, I need to tell this person, I'm going to, you know, and just stop. Keep your mouth, it says. Keep your tongue from evil, your lips from speaking deceit. Deceit is, you know, lying lips. Stop. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Good instruction. Verse 15, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to keep, excuse me, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. I believe this, you know, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. His ears are open to their cry. Uh, symbolizes, you know, God protects us. He takes care of us. He's, he's there. He's listening. He's, he's close with us. How true is David knew that. And David, you know, he's coming off from this experience, and he just, he's, he was right there. And, it, and, I, and I think it's healthy for us to, to think back at those times when the Lord just showed himself strong and just, you know, continue. Because there's going to be times you're going to be like, uh, Lord, are you hearing this prayer? Lord, are you here? How come you're not answering this prayer? How, long, how come this is taking so long? But we need to know by faith his eyes are on the righteous. His ears are open. He does hear. The righteous cry out, verse 17, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all. There's the all again, all their troubles. I circled all the alls in in this chapter. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a contrite spirit. It's a wonderful verse to give someone that's going through a difficult time to remind them the Lord is near to those that have a broken heart. Is your heart broken here tonight? The Lord is near you. The Lord is close to you. He is near and close to the brokenhearted. When ministering to those that have gone through or going through difficult time, remind them, God is near them. The Lord is near them. He hears their cry. and He'll deliver them out of all their troubles. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. How come that's in there? <laughs> but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Afflictions, persecutions, troubles build character. Help us to, you know, draw closer to the Lord. 
If things were smooth, smooth sailing for all of us as Christians, we wouldn't have that, you know, there wouldn't be that character building. It wouldn't be, you know, we wouldn't have to try. If, if everything was smooth sailing, we wouldn't have to cry out to the Lord. We wouldn't have to seek him with all of our heart. We, we would just, you know, do our own thing. God was preparing David for the throne. And David was going through some very difficult, difficult times. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. I don't like Troubles. I don't like afflictions. Afflictions. I don't like difficult times. But I can see the work over the years that the Lord, he's been doing with that difficult time. Teaching me, teaching others around me, teaching us more patience, more kindness, more gentleness, more love. David went through a very, very difficult time and he's writing about the experience and he's boasting in the Lord and he's saying, Afflictions are going to come. And I truly believe the men, that he's, as he's writing this, those men that were going through difficult times, he was ministering to them, letting them know, we're going to have afflictions. We're going to have wars. These guys went to war with David and for David. He's not lying to them. He's not, you know, painting some, you know, pie in the sky type of things. Oh, it's all kumbaya. It's all going to be great. It's all downhill from here, guys. We're all going to, no, no, no. Get in the battle. And in the battle, there's going to be afflictions. In the battle, there's going to be difficult times. In the battle, it's where you belong. It's where I belong. We're not called to a playground. We are called to a battlefield. And we need one another in this battlefield. David was blessed. His family was around him during that difficult time. Men came alongside of him to fight battles. But more importantly, the Lord was with him. It's a wonderful picture. As we go through these battles of life, we as the family of God need to join together. And many are those afflictions. We're going to go through it. And how often we see when afflictions start, when battles take place and people get hurt or something happens, you know, just sheep scatter and they get scared. No, it's what we're called to. It ain't heaven till we get to heaven. We're not in heaven yet, guys. David was making his way to the throne, but he had afflictions to go through. He had battles to go go through. I'm looking at the times, and I say this so often because it's almost you can, in the spiritual realm, we know it's close. It's soon. It's intense. And now's not the time to get out of the battle. Now's the time to stay in the battle. And I remember when I ran track, and I remember when I was, you know, the, at the very end, you know, you want to give up. You want to, you know, there's times, I, I mentioned it before, I blacked out at the finish line because I gave it my all. But as, as often as I could, the, when I saw that finish line, I just sprinted as fast as I could. And I believe we are very close to that finish line, folks. I truly do. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. And it's such a powerful thing when you stay in the battle, when you stay in when the afflictions are coming, and you stay in there, and you watch the hand of the Lord, every single time he will prevail. Every time he does. And I'm blown away as I walk through this walk, and as we're we're pushing through with the church, and we're pushing through with with the things that are going on here, and I'm blown away every time as I watch the hand of the Lord just prevail. 
and watching him work. And I'm like, God, you're so good. It's almost like, I, and, and what happens, I personally with my own life, it gets even more intense the next time. And I'm like, what is going on here? And it's just even, it's like, I thought that was intense. This is even 10 times more intense. And I'm like, Lord, what are you going to do? And sometimes I'll fall prey to, you know, worrying. Like, oh, I don't think this is going to work. And then, and then the Lord's like, no, no, trust me. Bless the Lord at all times. And you just see his hand, and it's just awesome to watch his hand, and you can only praise him and bless the Lord for what he's doing. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. So he's not sugarcoating it. He's telling us the truth. But the Lord will deliver us or deliver him out of them all, as David experienced time and time again. He guards all his bones, not one of them is broken. I, I believe this is a dual prophecy or dual, I believe David possibly was speaking about himself as he was writing this, you know, thinking how the Lord guarded his bones and none of his bones were broken. He was there, you know, in Gath. He was there. The enemies, he recognized him. They knew who he was. This is the one that took Goliath down and it was, they were, he was right there in their hands and they could have taken him down. They could have busted him up and killed him. And then he writes this and said, none of my bones were broken. They didn't even break a bone of mine. But all of us, hopefully, we know that this is a dual prophecy, and this is speaking about the one that died for us upon the cross. And we know that it's speaking of that because in John 19, 36, it tells us that it's speaking of that. As Jesus hung upon the cross, and they broke the the criminals, one on each side, they broke their legs, but when they came to Jesus, Jesus was already dead, so they didn't break one of his bones. And it says, John 19, 36, for these things were done, that the scripture should be fulfilled. Not one of his bones shall be broken. Mine has a little star here to show that it's speaking of Jesus. Last two verses. Evil shall slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous shall be condemned. The Lord redeems the soul of his servants, and none of those who trust in him shall be condemned. The word condemned, if you take notes, it's found guilty or punished. And you just see, uh, hopefully, you could see the picture as David's writing this and thinking that he would have been found guilty and punished there in enemy territory, but he wasn't found guilty, he wasn't punished, he wasn't condemned. Redeemed means delivered or delivered from danger, but also generally speaking. And for us as believers, as we're told in Romans 8, for there, for there is now therefore no condemnation for those that are in Christ. Who is it that condemns? It's Christ who died and furthermore is risen and seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us. Don't you love hearing that? I, I cannot hear enough of those verses when it talks about condemnation. Because there's one that's the accuser of the brethren that puts his finger out in each one of our faces, basically, and accuses us, accusing us of what we've done. The word of God says there's therefore now no condemnation. The one that condemns us is not Jesus Christ. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. He's praying for us. He's not our accuser. Who is it that condemns? I love when the enemy comes accusing We can even say, you know what? It's even worse than what you say. But I've gone to the cross. Jesus Christ died for my sin. His blood was shed for my sin. And I'm forgiven. There is therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. Wonderful Psalm of David. Let's pray. 
Hi, this is Pastor Joe, and we'd like to let you know that we just began the fascinating book of Revelation here at the harbor. We also are very excited that we now have two Sunday services, the first one at 10 a.m. and the second one at 12 noon. So we'd like to extend an invitation to you, if you don't currently have a church family, to come and join us and be blessed as we study God's Word together. God bless you. Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.